0: Our text today is the gospel reading, Matthew 13. I'd like to uh, revisit, looks like uh, verse 28 and 29. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest uh, in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them." And this is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, I don't know if you have ever seen this, but uh, there's a a show that shows up on TV here and there uh, called Master Chef with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gordon Ramsay, I think is his name. And he's sort of mean to people that are learning how to cook. Actually, it's very mean to people who learn how to cook. But you know, one of the one of the things that they do to I uh, would just say filter out the people that really know what they're doing is they have this moment. Uh, it's sort of a game where you got to name the food or name the ingredient or something like that. So they have this table full of stuff, uh, some of which is obvious and some of which isn't. They have to name the stuff, and so these relatively experienced cooks, I mean, they couldn't be there if they didn't have some idea what they're doing. Um, They have to name some of these things. The problem is they never can be quite sure of what they're looking at because they know that it's a game and there's going to be some sneaky stuff. So, I mean, I've seen people get bananas wrong just because they think that something's up. Uh, So you get when you're in a thing like that you're in a difficult spot uh, there's a lot of pressure so you've got nerves and you've got self-doubt and you've got uh, confidence problems and you've got people trying too hard to impress somebody and <clears throat> and so you get uh, abounding failures I guess is what you could say happens in that place and if I'm not mistaken that's pretty much what they're after <laughs> it's filtering out people <clears throat> Now, I'm bringing this up because this chapter of Matthew, this chapter 13, it's, it's almost all parables, um, and and uh, this stuff is difficult to sort out, I mean, even stuff that you understand in the way of English, the language isn't complicated, but a lot of times the substance of what is said is just too difficult to understand completely. Um, but two, two ideas that are frequently mentioned from Jesus in these parables are, well, first of all, do you understand? And for some reason, these guys, they always say, oh, yeah, I got it. And when they should have said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I mean, that should have been what they said, but they didn't. Uh, and then he always says, like they did in this one, uh, he who has ears, let him hear which in, uh, here we sit and we listen to these parables and sometimes we go, huh, uh, And I imagine they are the same way because they're, they're just difficult. But Jesus expects you to listen. Jesus expected them to listen. He was teaching them and there were a lot of people listening in and he expects them to listen, uh, I think just because of the way he talks that he doesn't want everybody to understand completely. And sometimes he thinks they go off the rails a little bit with people. So this particular parable is called, uh, well, in, in the old days we used to call this the wheat and the tares. Uh, tares is a kind of weed, so and, you know, in this translation we talk about weeds. The thing is special about tares is it's a specific kind of weed that looks exactly like wheat when it comes up out of the ground until it comes to, to grain. So, you know, if you look at a wheat plant and you look at a tare plant and they both come up next to each other, they look identical. Which is a problem. Uh, uh, they, they've come to coexist in this parable in the field, which he says is the kingdom of heaven. Now, the, the, the ultimate problem is uh, you can't tell the difference before it's time for the harvest. You know, when there's grain on it, then you can see because some of it has grain and some of it's a weed. But before that, you can't really tell exactly. It's very difficult to tell the difference. Um, and uh, so when these guys say, should we go out and, and dig up the weeds? They're told not to do that because th- it's not obvious which ones are weeds and which ones aren't. And he doesn't want them digging up regular plants, which is a mercy to us because, you know, we look like weeds an awful lot. And these guys who are uh, out there with Jesus uh, looking at this thing, they, they wouldn't be pretty good at listening and looking and telling the difference either. So, well, I mean, you can see how this would go. You're in the kingdom of heaven. And, and you know, there's the earth and there's people all over it. Um, which ones are sinners? Can you tell? Maybe not in any particular moment, but you know. We have, I mean, we confessed already. We're sinners. Everybody's a sinner. There's no exception except Jesus that's ever walked the earth. Uh, so saying that somebody's a sinner is obvious. It's, it's not worth the, the expression almost uh, to, to say such a thing. But, see, at the same time, though, even though everybody's a sinner, some belong to God and some belong to the devil. That's that's the way Jesus is talking here. But can you tell the difference? If everybody's a sinner and everybody does dumb stuff and everybody gets in trouble and everybody does stuff that God doesn't like, how do you tell the difference between the one that belongs to God and the one that belongs to the devil? I mean, Jesus is telling him you can't tell. You don't know the difference. So don't mess with it. The angels will deal with that when the time comes, which is difficult because the parable says you can't tell. Not really. You might get it right sometimes, but sometimes you're not going to get it right at all. There are some things that you can see. I mean, a sin is often evident to you when you see somebody do something wrong. When you see yourself do something wrong, a lot of times you can see that well enough. But sometimes not. When we stand here and we confess our sins, we confess things that we don't even know about. I mean, we say that. Thought, word, and deed is the problem. Sometimes we sin and we don't even know Now, how are you going to say, well, that one's a sinner more than me if you sin and you don't even know? You can see what the difficulty is here. So, who's a sinner? Well, let me uh, ask it this way if someone said that you sin, would you be surprised? You shouldn't be you might take it badly, but you shouldn't be surprised at that because you know who you are and you've confessed who you are and God knows who you are. What's the big deal? So you sin. Yeah, I know. Um, If someone else sins, should you be surprised? Well, you shouldn't be because you know who is a sinner and who ain't a sinner and basically there's no They ain't a sinner, there's nobody like that. So if somebody sins, you say, oh yeah, I I should have expected that. Maybe not that specific one, Uh, maybe not quite so bad, or maybe not quite so evident, but you shouldn't be surprised. Sinners sin. So who's good with God and who's not? Can you tell that by looking? I mean, if you can't even necessarily tell what's a sin and what isn't all the time, even in yourself, I mean, you can say, yep, that's a sinner, and yep, I'm a sinner, but uh, that's something that you know because somebody told you. And it came from God, so you believe this to be true, but you don't always see it. Can you tell by looking? Who's in with God and who's not? Could someone else tell that about you? They happen to pick one of your really bad moments. I'm sure you've all had one or two. See, and, and that's the problem of the wheat and the weeds. Uh, who, I mean, theoretically, if you want things to be good in the world, you want to take out the ones that are bad, right? The ones that are not belonging with God, except who sins? Well, everybody does, and you can't tell the difference. So how are you going to have anything to do with fixing it? Well, the answer is you can't. You can't. And Jesus doesn't want you pulling out the weeds because you can't tell that either. So it's not your job. It's it's one of those things that explains when he says, judge not lest you be judged, because you can't or at least not properly. But if you have ears to hear, like he said that you're supposed to, meaning a spirit to believe like Jesus when you hear stuff, when he says, you should believe him because that's the ears to hear. It's pretty clear you can't trust your own judgment about if someone belongs to God or not. I mean, if you're listening to Jesus and that's kind of what he said to you, then you should say, okay, so I can't tell the difference. So I shouldn't be judging that. And if someone looks at you in your sinful moments and comes to some conclusion, it would be very difficult to judge you too. Uh, See, Because you you know you're sitting here, you've heard Jesus, you believe him, and you know that you're with God. But uh, if someone else is looking, they may not be able to tell that. They might want to yank you out like a weed. And honestly, being a sinner, you probably feel like sometimes you would deserve it. It works both ways that way, which is why you're not supposed to try to figure it out. It's not your business, really. God is the only true and perfect judge of these things. It's even worse trying to predict the future than it is to try and figure out who's in and who's out. Because see, that's the other problem. Even if somebody is clearly and definitely out, which there's no such thing in the mind of a human being. You can't definitely be definite about anything. Uh, if, if, even if it looked like it was obvious right now, what's going to be like in a year? Because all of you changed sides at some point in your life, a lot of you when you were babies, but uh, not, not all of you all of you were dead in your sins until something happened to you, all. It's it's the future, it changes things. And there are, I would suppose, people that look like they're obviously in who might not really be, and then, you know, in two years they fall away and they're gone because they weren't really in, and how could you know that? So not only is the now a problem, but the future is a problem. And it's all in the hands of God for a reason. Because he's the one who knows. He's the only one that knows. You cannot trust yourself with the now or the future. You cannot trust yourself to judge this thing. You can't even trust yourself entirely about yourself. If you're looking at yourself to decide whether you're in or out, you're going to have problems because you know who you are. You have to confess sin. You have to confess stuff that you don't even know happened. So how do you know looking at yourself whether you're in or out? Well, for based on that, you don't know anything. But that doesn't mean you can't know. What you do know is that God sent his son. You know this by the Holy Spirit that lives in you. The Holy Spirit you look at knows the truth about you. He knows the truth about you. And when you look at that and you see what Jesus did for you, then you know about yourself. Not because you look at you and determine it, but you look at God who determines it. And He knows. And the Spirit in you knows. He died for you, he went to a cross, he shed his blood, he did it to have you, he did it to save you, he did it so you could be with God because you were a sinner and he wanted to forgive you and that's all gone. That you know, that is certainty, that is the promise of God, that's forever. It's not trusting yourself, it's trusting God. Is trusting God to know who you are, to have chosen you because he said he did, to have you, even a forgiven sinner, to be his own. And God will not fail you. Not ever. You can believe that by the Spirit that lives in you. You can hold on to that in faith that has been granted to you by the Holy Spirit. That is itself a gift as well. As for others... There are other people in the world with you, the ones that you can't tell one way or another, but sometimes you have a feeling that someone is an enemy. Sometimes it's more than a feeling. And you don't entirely know how to deal with that. You kind of like that weed to go away. Know this. You can't do it by yourself. You can't judge it by yourself. Sometimes you can't even bring it about by yourself, even if you think you should, But everyone, everyone, all your enemies, everyone who belongs to the devil, they will all face God one of these days. There's no need for you to make the call. There's no need for you to make it happen because God will do that. He has promised. And his decision will be perfect. And you also need to remember that some of those people that you might regard as enemies and fallen ones and broken people, they have time. And in God's hands and with the things that Christ has done and by the power of the Holy Spirit, people change. They go from not knowing and not believing to believing and knowing for sure in the hands of God. And you don't know when that's coming. You don't know if that's coming, but God does. And one other promise he made here is that you, having been chosen by him, forgiven by him, and gathered by him are going to shine like the sun in the kingdom when it comes. I am um, <clears throat> always reminded of this stuff. We talk about this in the Genesis class all the time, that you know, we're doing in the mornings, or all the time, really. You have these people that we think of as the heroes of the faith. Uh, and every last one of them are knuckleheads. They're all messed up. Uh, Abraham, uh, not once but twice, tries to pass his wife off as his sister so that his life would be safe. Which, I mean, you know, you're not really supposed to do that. And he gets in trouble for it. And that's not bad enough because Isaac, his son, did the same exact thing with the same exact people. Not any better. Jacob, his whole life almost was a bunch of craziness. David who was the king who was a man after God's own heart stole another man's wife got her pregnant had him killed so she so she could be his i mean this is adultery and murder and he's he's somebody that God treasures oh. <clears throat> Peter had problems because he was working in the in the circles of Gentiles for a while, and he, uh, and some of his Jewish friends showed up, and he didn't know whether to act like a Jew or a Gentile. He was more or less comfortable in both, but he ends up offending both of them. He gets in trouble with Paul that way. This is Peter. And Paul, uh, Kathy, you had to read this a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I can't do what I want to do. I want to do this, but I do that. I mean, just, this is Paul. He is having problems Calls himself wretched because he's a sinner. All of them are sinners. All of these heroes of the faith, so-called, all of them are sinners. All of them forgiven. All of them belong to God in eternity. God does not make mistakes on this. He has convinced you by the work of his own spirit, the one that lives right in you right now, that Christ died for you, that you will live with him forever. It is a promise to you. It is convinced in you because you have this unmistakable faith because it's not yours. It belongs to God and it's in there to convince you that he has chosen you, that he will have you and this will be yours forever. Even you, even forgiven, even sinner, All you, in God's hands, forgiven, holy, perfect. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.